This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Well, good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Gulfstream Park track handicapper Brian Nadeau will join us again today in Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, as the road to Kentucky Derby stops at the Fort Lauderdale track once again this afternoon with the running of the $400,000 Fountain of Youth Stakes, the headliner of a stakes field race card with actually nine stakes races on tap today. The Fountain of Youth is a grade two event at one mile and one sixteenth in the dirt and as a major Kentucky Derby prep, the winner will receive a lofty 50 points towards a berth in this year's derby it should be noted that today's race actually took on a different look earlier in the week when shortly after the post position draw morning line favorite mo donegal trained by todd pletcher was found to have spiked a fever and was scratched from today's fountain of youth trainer todd pletcher though still will be representing today's race with the good colt emmanuel who is now the second choice on the early morning line at three to one behind simplification who was at 5-2 to two odds, and today's guest, Brian Nadeau, will help us break down the important Fountain of Youth stakes as well as some of the other stakes races on today's tremendous Gulfstream Park race card. In addition on this show today, Riddell Carlton's Raceways track announcer, John McMillan, will join us again today as recently on February 13th, the Ottawa Harness Track open for the new 2022 racing season. And it's a special one at that. It's the 60th anniversary season of harness racing in the nation's capital. Of course, too, just this past week, the province updated COVID protocols for public gatherings and sporting events. So it should be thumbs up in 2022 for Purdue Carlton, who are in the midst of a 73-day race meet that carries through till December 18th. Shortly, we will hear more from John McMillan and talk about what else. Harness racing, Rideau Carlton Raceway, and we will find out more from John if there's any special celebrations planned for one of the longest standing racetracks in the country. Also today, while the April 16th thoroughbred opener is getting closer and closer, just six weeks away, and once again, Mark McKelvey, Woodbine Entertainment's communication manager, will join us today. You can bet that as the racing season gets closer, the press releases from Woodbine's marketing team will be coming fast and furious. On Thursday, they announced that the thoroughbred meet will see an increase in purses for select claiming races at the upcoming meet with a 20% boost in purses from $5,000 to $20,000 claimers. As well, the track released their first 2022 condition book for Horsemen yesterday, and it won't be long until the entry box is open for opening day. Mark will talk more about this recent news and more at Woodbine. We'll also catch up on what's going on at Woodbine Mohawk Park, especially in the matter of recent COVID protocols announced by the province. There's a lot to talk about when Mark McKelvey joins us shortly. Can't wait. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news, including a big upset at last weekend's $20 million Saudi Cup, the richest horse race in the world, which saw a disappointing result for friends of the show Mandaloon and his jockey Flo Giroux. And speaking of the Kentucky Derby, the road to the Derby, besides stopping at Gulfstream for the Fountain of Youth today, also sees the $300,000 Great Sea Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct at a mile in the dirt. And like the Fountain of Youth, the winner will receive a whopping 50 points towards the starting berth in the all-important Kentucky Derby. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you, Jim? Very good, very good. We're into March, getting ready to move the clocks ahead. Spring's almost here, and a lot, a lot of big races coming up, including this past weekend, the massive Saudi Cup. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing for friends <laughs> of the show, uh, Flo Giroux and, and uh, Mandaloon. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the race or not, but a lot uh, of people are like, "Larry, what happened?" Yeah, like he just uh, he was sitting third, and I was watching. And I said, "This horse is going to win. This horse is going to win," and then he just stopped. And uh, apparently, I guess they've scoped him, and his his trainer said he's okay, but uh, they're shipping uh, Mandaloon back. Um, you know, and, and I guess they're going to decide his uh, future. Hmm. Uh, you know, where his next race is going to be. It's going to be on. Uh, this side of the uh, the ocean, though. So, uh, interesting thing is, the it was actually an upset winner for the Saudi Cup. It was a locally owned horse by the name of Emblem Road. And listen to this: he, for a two dollar bet, he paid two hundred and twenty nine dollars and twenty cents for a two dollar win bet. Two twenty nine. Yeah, two twenty nine. He was. He, Basically, the, the biggest number you can have on the odds board is 99 to 1. He was 99 to 1, but he was actually more than 99 to 1, right? So, Which makes the win even more improbable. Exactly, exactly. So, And uh, he was ridden by a jockey by the name of Wigberto Ramos, uh, who actually rode in North America up to about six, seven years ago. And he, he rode a lot of tracks uh, in, in the U.S. and that, and was somewhat successful. And then he moved over to uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, he's been very successful, especially after, uh, after last Saturday. So, uh, you know, congratulations to him and the owners of Emblem Road and that. And I'm sure Mandaloon will 
live to race another day and win another race. So. And, and let's, Larry, we can't I mean humans. Okay. If, if I took you in a plane, flew you halfway across the world, you may not be at your best. And we have to assume a horse sometimes may not be at their best as well. Well, actually you're right. And, and there used to be a, um, a promotion in, in the racing programs because a lot of fans used to, I guess, complain about the way the horse performed and that, and the promotion basically said like horses are not machines. Right, right. You, you can't fine tune them, and and that, and basically they have an an off day just like an athlete does, right? They are athletes, right? So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you know he had, you know, he had an off day. Maybe he just didn't settle well with the the trip over there, and uh, usually you find when they come back, sometimes it might take them a start or two to to get their their bearings again, and uh, you know we'll see what happens with Mandaloon, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to him racing again, and because uh, you know it's a, it's a good four-year-old crop. So, hey, well, I mean, it's been a long time coming, but we're two months away from the the granddaddy of them all, the Kentucky Derby. A couple of big stakes races today with huge points heading towards the Derby on the line. These point races are getting very important now because you're getting deeper into the uh, road to the Kentucky Derby stakes races, the prep races, so to speak. You've got the uh, Fountain of Youth today at Gulfstream, and you've got the Gotham Stakes, at, uh, which is a grade three uh, per, uh, with a purse of $300,000 at Aqueduct, and you've got some nice horses in there. So, um, you know, anybody that wins those races, they're, they're going to get 50 points, and that's basically going to stamp their ticket to the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, on the first Saturday in May. I keep thinking, Larry, like if I'm an owner and I see what's happened with the Bob Baffert news mm -hmm. and there's all of a sudden this wide open path to the Derby, there has to be a lot of discussion with owners and trainers and jockeys about certain prep races. Hey, let's, let's get in there. We could be in the Derby. Well, yeah. And I think that's, that's what's going to happen. Like, uh. You know, we've got uh, the Arkansas Derby to come. We've got, uh, you know, the Santa Anita Derby to come. Uh, and they're all 50-pointers, uh, right? And uh, you win a 50-pointer, you're pretty much going to be, you've punched your ticket to, to get to the Kentucky Derby, I guess you could say. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's the same, you know, with, with the Gotham today. There's, uh, there's some nice horses in there. I think the winner of the Gotham will probably, you know, have an opportunity well we'll be in the top 20 anyways so uh it'll be up to his owner whether you know they want to to go that uh, into the final uh derby uh race so um, it just makes things very interesting over the next six weeks or so well yeah and, and derby preps there to me that that's the fun time of the year because uh you, you you see all these new horses and, and and it gets all these rivalries going and you see uh, you know you you wonder well you know if the the winner of the Arkansas Derby you know how he would fare against the winner of the Bluegrass and Keeneland and you know and and the winner of the Florida Derby and the thing is you, you do find out one day <laughs> right Kentucky Derby Day Kentucky Derby exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so there's there's always something to look forward to it with you know and then you got the big big race itself so. All right, friend of the show, Gulfstream track handicapper Brian Nadeau joining us today. And Brian has the enviable task of watching and handicapping the nine stakes races in the Gulfstream <laughs> Park race car today, including the whopping $400,000 Fountain U Stakes, one of the premier Kentucky Derby preps where so many points are allotted to the winner. Brian, as always, welcome to the show. Guys, it's always a pleasure to be on with you. Really looking forward to the car, as you alluded to. It's just loaded with, with high-quality 
graded stakes action. Of course, the featured fountain of youth is, uh, you know, essentially an automatic qualifier for the Kentucky Derby with all the points on the line. So can't wait to see it all shake out on Saturday. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the race, update us on Mo Donegal and what happened. Yes. We apparently had a little bit of a temperature and, uh, so he scratched out um, after they drew. I think he scratched out Tuesday. It might have been Wednesday, actually. Um, so he's fine. He's just going to be rerouted to a different spot because, you know, obviously you have a little hiccup like that the week of the race. It's just not going to work out. So he's fine, just a little elevated temperature, and uh, he's going to go elsewhere. So it's unfortunate he was going to be the favorite. He's you know, pretty comfortably in everyone's, I'd say, top 10 guys list for the Derby. But, uh, you know, nothing major, and we'll see him again soon. But post-12 wasn't any bargain for him either, was it? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I actually... Think there were a lot of people probably trying to beat him. <laughs> I actually liked that horse because I've bet him in the uh, the futures bet. But uh, anyway, uh, all right, let's... We're on the subject. Let's talk about it. Um, now that that horse is out, I guess the complexion of the race has changed. Um, how do you see it? Yeah, the, the, the only positive is that the actual complexion didn't really change. It wasn't like Moldonegal was going to be the pace setter or anything like that. So now you lose a lot of you know value on some of the horses you like. To me, guys, it's a wide, wide open mm-hmm. race. Um, you can really kind of nick on any horse that you like. You can pick them apart or you can make cases for them. I went to um, a horse that's going to be a square price in howling time. I, I think you're going to get eight, nine to one on him. Um, he hasn't been seen since the Kentucky Jockey Club, but the Kentucky Jockey Club has been a ridiculously key race. Everyone, you know, has come out of that race, won their next start. The winner, smile, uh, Happy was a good and troubled second in the Risen Star at Fairgrounds. White Abario came out of that race, won our Holy Bull, and is pointing to the Florida Derby. So it's a very, very key race. He's tactical. He's drawn inside. There's plenty of speed in this race. And the other thing, guys, is this is one of those short finish line races. So you want a horse, and you know, I'll just bring up Mo Donegal, who's not in here, but he's a great example you go back and watch the Holy Bull at the same distance, a mile and a 16th with the short finish line, and therefore, obviously, the short stretch, if you're going to spot these talented three-year-olds, you know, open length, entering the far turn like Mo Donegal did, you're just not going to get there because what happens is you wake up off the far turn, you blink, and you're at the wire. So you need to be close. You need to be tactical. And I do think that Howling Time uh, fits that kind of bill because I don't think he'll be on the lead. He was last time in the Kentucky Jockey Club. That's not the trip he wants to pull in here. And there's, you know, uh, there's just too many other horses that are faster than him early. I would think simplification will go as he was not able to do it last time after he blew the start and he still ran on huge to be second. Um, I liked him a lot in the Holy Bowl. I was throwing my win place bet on the floor after the start and I couldn't believe he ran second, but um, I'm kind of fading him a little bit. He's going to be bet hard. Jose Ortiz gets aboard. Um, and I kind of just think he's going to regress a little bit off such a taxing effort. Um, you know, Emmanuel is going to get bet hard for Pletcher. He's got to answer the bell. He's never run in a graded stakes race. High Oaks got a world of talent, but you know, he was going to go in a different spot and got a little bit sick and he hasn't run 
since September. So um, there's a, like I said, you know, you, you can like who you like. They all have question marks though on Saturday. Even Paco Lopez and in due time at six to one, it seems like a pretty good value pick. Absolutely. And that would be, that would be right on the precipice of value. I mean, he's got another horse that's got to step up and show he's great at stakes quality. Now he got flattered a little bit guys on Wednesday. We ran a really, really salty three-year-old allowance race that's probably going to send a horse or two the winner skippy Longstocking, probably going to send a horse or two to the florida derby american icon was second uh the other day at a huge number and it kind of flattered in due time a little bit because he blasted them pretty good last time whereas conversely um in the union who was third to emmanuel at tampa bay last time he was in that race on Wednesday, and, and he was dreadful. He got a really good setup, too. So, you know, again, it goes back to what I was saying. You can kind of pick apart some of these horses if you don't like them. And, and, and conversely, like you, like you said, uh, if you do like in due time, who was really, really sharp in winning, and he ran really, really fast last time, too, there's a lot to like because he's going to be a square number. He's also third start off the layoff, and I think he's mm-hmm. the best buyer in there. He's got a 92 buyer, right? So. Yeah, 92 buyer, which is uh, is a big number, you know, for, for a three-year-old in February. It's a very solid number. He certainly bred for this trip with curling on the bottom, mm-hmm. and he's another one that fits that bill with tactical speed. Okay, let's talk about some of the other stakes races, Brian. Has sure. you got your eye on any anything? Is there anything that uh, maybe a hidden gem in there for our listeners? Well, all right, let's just mention quickly speakers, um, uh, he's going to be a strong favorite, but if you maybe you need a single, I, I just think Speaker's Corner is is one of the most talented horses in, in training for older horses. Um, I think he's a single in the Gulfstream Park Mile, so you know maybe that helps you on some of your horizontal bets. Um, uh, you know, Fearless is back in there. Speaker's Corner ran so much better been spearless in my opinion guys last time doing all the dirty work dueling on the lead and he just fried the entire field and and, and fearless you know picked up the pieces to be second but i just thought speaker's corner was awesome um i'm going to be aggressive with you know, this is all the way in the nightcap at six twelve in the p.m but uh <laughs> this is going to end all our horizontals okay in race 13 and here comes the bride the great three I'm going to be aggressive. Spend her for four horse for Graham. I think she's six to one on the morning line. I was really, really impressed with her debut. Graham's not really a guy. Graham Motion that's going to win a lot on debut, but she was really, really polished. She ran fast. I understand, you know, she steps up and faces stakes competition. I get all that, and that, you know, that can be a rude awakening. But she's as fast as anybody on figures. And her upside to me, guys, is so much better than anyone in here. You look at the Opalinas, who was good last time, winning our stakes in the Swedish champ. You look at some of these other gals in here, La, Mar- La Marina. You know, you've kind of gotten the picture that they, I don't want to say they've plateaued, but they don't have a huge move forward anymore. And then you look at a horse like Spenderella, she's got a giant move forward coming, I think. So I'm going to be really, really aggressive with her at the end of the day. Speaking with Gulfstream track handicapper Brian Nando, and Brian, you, you know, you have Saturday's Fountain of Youth, the Florida Derby, April second. It's two years removed from the pandemic. It feels like we're just we're just saying goodbye to it and moving on. I just get a feeling there's going to be some big handles at Gulfstream this year. Are you getting that same vibe? Oh yeah, it's a phenomenal car. We're partnering with our sister track at Santa Anita for a couple really really cool 
uh, pick five on what we're calling first Saturday. It's just that we're calling it the unrivaled day of racing. 15 graded stakes, guys, coast to coast. And so what we did was we put in an all-dirt stakes pick five between the two tracks, a dollar minimum, which I do like. I do like the dollar minimum, and it's a 12% takeout. And we're doing the same thing with five turf races between the two tracks, a dollar minimum, 12% takeout. So those, I think, are going to be really, really well-received. And they offer up some of these turf races are just absolute wars where, you know, you could go six, seven deep and not have the winner. And I think that's what, you know, I think that's what handicappers like. They like a challenge. They like to be involved in a sequence where, you know what, if you're fortunate enough to hit it, 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 it could be a, a monumental score. So I, I think you're going to have that opportunity on Saturday. And I think the other thing, Brian, that you alluded to when you first came on is the Florida Derby and the Fountain of Youth are basically you win and you're in to the Derby because yeah. of the 50 points. And the other reason is we, we've had so many horses, especially in California, that where, where Bob Baffert's horses have been winning. And so the, the first place points are, are, are basically there, there aren't any. So there, you're going to have a lot of owners, right, scrambling at the end. You know, as we get into, well, from now going forward for these these bigger pots to, to try to get some qualifying points, correct? It's a really good point, yes. Um, no pun intended. It's a really good point because as you, as you, you know, astutely mentioned, those points essentially are, you know, gone with the wind. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if we take it at face value and we just assume those horses are not running in the derby, then you're 100% right in that, you know what, that kind of middling third that you got in the Florida Derby that got you 20 points, you know what, that might get you in the Derby this year. And so it takes on some added significance in that maybe, just maybe you're not going to quite need as many points as you normally would to get into the Derby on the first Saturday in May. And, you know, it makes running in the founding years, it makes running in the Florida Derby that much more important to have a, a solid finish because, uh, you might get elevated and might get flattered a little bit without uh, having to get as many points as normal. Brian, as always, a pleasure, especially as the countdown, the Derby is on, and knowing there's some big stakes races with you and the crew at Gulfstream, you really, really knocked it out of the park, as always, for our listeners. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Guys, it's always a pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Will do. Hey, when we come back, Rideau Carlton Raceway's John McMillan, friend of the show, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. 
Ontario Racing. The excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay then, hey, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, John McMillan is one of the hardest working individuals in harness racing, and I'm not I'm not kidding. He really is. Besides being the full-time announcer at Rideau Carlton Raceway, he also trains a string of standard breeds that can be found racing at either Rideau in Ottawa or Woodbine Mohawk Park in any given day, and he's racking up the miles in the 401. John, as always, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Happy to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much, John. It's um, we're 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 into March. Uh, the weather's getting better. The horse racing is picking up and getting intense. What's your vibe on the standard bread and harness racing scene right now in the province at this moment? Uh, it's been a long winter. It's been a tough winter. The weather uh, certainly plays a huge role in the life of a horse person, and uh, it didn't get me easier in February. We were hoping February things might get a little better, but it was tough. And uh, we're really looking forward to spring temperatures and fast racetracks and good horses. You you lost you, you alluded to it. You lost a couple of days of racing, correct? We've been able to race all of our scheduled programs so far. I know a few tracks in the, the GTA have missed a few cards, but so far we haven't missed any. So tell us about your role at, at, at Rideau Carlton. For for listeners who don't understand, how do you balance being a trainer and having horses all over the province and being the track announcer? Well, I'm lucky I have good people that help me on race day. Uh, so I drive uh, one of the trucks and trailers, and they drop me off at the grandstand, and I call the races and meet them afterwards. But uh, by the time the 14th or 15th race goes, I'm pretty tired on race day. Oh, Where did the uh, the interest in, in horse racing come from and, and wanting to be an announcer? I started as an announcer when I was about 16 or 17 years old at Kingston Park Raceway because the regular announcer did trot uh, also the anchor of the six o'clock news. So he would often miss the first and second race rather than have nobody call it. I started doing that. So I called a few qualifiers then I called the first, uh, or first and second race, Kingston park race. Then I got uh, picked up as the back announcer. You're announcing, you're doing that, all of that, and you're training. So where did the training background come from for you, John? When I was a kid, uh, my grandfather and my father used to take me to Kingston Park Raceway, and it looked like a lot of fun. And I was ultimately introduced to the late Ted Huntback, uh, and he had a big stable at Kingston Park Raceway. So I used to ride my bike out to the track on weekends and learn a bit about the horses, and that's how I got started. Right on, Larry. Okay. All right, let's talk about Riedel for a bit. Uh, this is a kind of a special year for them, right? It's the 60th anniversary? Yes, it is. Yeah. Is there anything planned, uh, any festivities planned, especially now because of, well, I guess COVID, uh, you know, protocols are changing in that. So have have you guys got anything planned for it? Nothing in particular, simply because we just didn't know when we would be able to have a big enough 
uh, area in our facility to host a live crowd for a major event. Um, one thing that we had last year that was huge was the Colville Cup. It was an event that we first uh, started 15 years ago. For drivers who have fewer than 10 wins in that given season or fewer than 150 races one lifetime, and it was a tremendous 10-week comp- competition last season, and it produced a lot of excitement around the province. And I think we're going to have that again this year, and it's going to be even bigger. So is the concept, John, that because they haven't won a lot of races, it gives them an opportunity to establish themselves? Absolutely. In the thoroughbreds, uh, you get bug riders, and they carry less weight, so they get the opportunity to ride some competitive horses. But as a harness driver just starting out, if you don't have family members or friends that can put you on live horses, you don't get an opportunity to show what you can do. So we felt this was a good way to get drivers on the track who normally don't get that opportunity. Uh, And we've actually produced a couple of good drivers. Travis Henry uh, has become a phenomenal driver in the GTA, and he was actually uh, a winner of one of the early Colville Cups. It's a great, a great concept because, as you say, it's almost like a, an apprenticeship to take it to the next level. Absolutely. And there's lots of opportunity for the high-end drivers, the Guy Gagnon, Stefan Brasso, Pascal Barube. They get listed on you know, 12 or 15 a night. But some of these guys, it's like being a hockey player on the fourth line. You want to work your way up to the first or second line. But the coach tells you, unless you score some goals, you're not going to be on the first or second line. But how do you score goals if you're only playing five or eight minutes a night? Yeah, well, the thing is true for a harness racing driver. If you don't get the opportunity to drive two or three to one shots, you're not going to win races. Yeah, it makes sense, Larry. Well, it's the same as a jockey, right? If a jockey doesn't get live mounts, she's not going to he or she's not going to prove herself. So, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about business at uh, at Rito you've been you've been at it now for a few weeks um, how's how's business now compared to how it was last year especially you had your stops and starts you know because of covid eh yes the phenomenal has been the the handle has been phenomenal um on track attendance is sort of slow coming back because many people don't understand are we open are we closed what areas are open do we have to wear a mask do we have to have two shots three shots so there's a bit of confusion there it's going to take time to educate the public uh as to what's going on and from what i'm hearing the mask mandate will be lifted at the end of march sometime so that would be another thing which will benefit our customers and maybe get that live uh handle back up but the on track has been great uh we couldn't be more pleased we've had a couple of record handles over the last uh, 15 months, so we're just hoping to keep our handle trending upwards. You mentioned that your meet is, you know, back and running. It's, I believe it's 73 days of racing till December the 18th. Is there a sweet spot in your track where it's the busiest? It's hard to say. From a horseman's perspective, uh, we're in a difficult situation because there's a huge horse shortage in the province of Ontario, except in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. We had over 100 entries yesterday. And we have one program per week. And last week, we qualified 27 horses, and we expect uh, the same for the coming weeks. So we're going to actually be in a situation here in Ottawa where we have more horses than we need for one program. We don't start two days a week until the middle of May. So for the next nine or ten weeks, it's a bit of a challenge for us. But I guess middle of May when we go two days a week is the heart of our racing season. Could you not uh, maybe add a couple of races per night? We have more races per night. We had 14 last week, and we have 14 again this coming Sunday. 
but we really need an extra day of racing long before the middle of May to accommodate all of our horses. How is it, I mean, through the pandemic, every track we've spoken to, John, throughout North America have had different challenges, but different people step up and support them and help them. What have been your biggest supporters, both, you know, I guess through the government or through private business that have helped you guys keep going? Quite honestly, Bill O'Donnell at COSA has been unbelievable for us. Um, every time we needed something, every time we needed information, whether it was six in the morning or midnight, uh, Bill would happily take our calls and answer on the first ring. Um, Bill really stepped up when we needed him. He gave us every bit of information that he could. He helped us get racing as quickly as we could. Every time there was a brief shutdown, uh, he helped direct our concerns to different members of government. And uh, he's just been phenomenal for Rito Carlton ever since uh, COSA became involved. Getting back to yourself, uh, John, did you have a person that you looked up to, you know, as you were getting involved in this business that they maybe kind of persuaded you to maybe try to be that better person and be that better horseman and, and that top announcer? Was there somebody that you kind of maybe idolized? Well, as an announcer, uh, Frank Salive uh, has always been my favorite announcer, and he's just so professional and so smooth. I would always aspire to be uh, as close to Frank as I could be. Obviously, I could never be Frank Salive. Nobody can be. I still think he's the greatest. Um, in terms of as a trainer, I started with Ted Hunt back over 25 years ago, so he was obviously my first exposure to the business and to training and racing. So I learned a lot from Ted. And um, as a driver, I watched Doug Brown when he was on top for a number of years. And I'm still fortunate enough that in the summertime when I race at Kawartha Downs, uh, Doug usually picks my horses first. So that's a real thrill for me still at this age. John, always a pleasure. Thank you. Let's have a great season, great spring and summer in Ottawa, the nation's capital, Rideau Carlton. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, my friend. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. After the break, when we come back, friend of the show, Mark McKelvey, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. 
This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Mark McKelvey, Woodbine Entertainment's communication manager, joins us once again. And with Woodbine's busily preparing for the start of the thoroughbred season just weeks away, April 16th, Woodbine Mohawk Park getting deeper into the racing season. There's a lot to talk about, Mark, as always. Welcome back to the show. It's a great to have you on, as always. Good morning, guys. Always a pleasure to join you. Uh, pleasure. Okay, let's um, for people maybe really chomping at the bit. I mean, let's use the analogy for the show. Getting ready for April sixteenth. What are some new things they're going to find for the thoroughbred fi- fans at Woodbine when they come for that mid-April meet? Well, for the first time in a few years, we're going to be able to to launch the season in <laughs> April, which uh, we haven't been able to do for a while. And I think having that delayed start certainly uh, certainly hurts any momentum you can build early on in the season. So I think everyone's really eager to get back to things and. Uh, the racing team has uh, quickly been preparing, or I should say, has been preparing all off season uh, to have a real quick start to this season. I know there's been a couple of changes made, including uh, adding in some uh, overnight stakes on the opening weekend right off the hop. That'll certainly add some intrigue. And uh, recently, an announcement was made uh, regarding some purse increases for select uh, claiming events. So uh, I think that's obviously very enticing to uh, the horse people out there, the owners and the trainers. And then uh, for our customers, I know our wagering team has been. Uh, uh, extensively reviewing the entire wagering menu. So I'm, I'm excited that there could be some, some unique wagering opportunities presented. Whether those are ready to go at the start of the season remains to be, un, uh, remains to be seen, but there's a good chance that, you know, we're going to see some uh, new and unique uh, promotions uh, that I'm certain will catch the eyes of our horse players this season. And, and we know, Mark, that uh, the opening day is right around the corner because the first uh, condition book for the races came out this week, right? Yes, it did. It came out on, on Friday and uh, once that gets out, I guess, uh, as everyone knows, it, it's clearly getting close to the time of getting down to business. The backstretch opened in mid-February, uh, already plenty of horses uh, populating the backstretch already. So there's, there's a good buzz, I think. Everyone's really uh, anticipating getting things going in, in mid-April and having a, a full racing season for the first time in a few years. Mark, when people knew you were coming on, a few listeners sent us messages wondering, how did this 20% boost in the purses for claiming classes come about? Well, that's uh, probably a better question for our racing team. But, uh, you know, what I can uh, lend to that question is the fact that uh, our team is always looking at new and innovative ways to, uh, you know, increase the horse population, of course, uh, to put more money into the pockets of our owners and, of course, our, our participants. Um, you look on the standard red side uh, during this off season, and they've tried some uh, unique approaches to get horses that haven't traditionally raced at Woodbine Mohawk Park to come over with these uh, pop-up series offering uh, races with a, a kind of an enhanced purse for horses that wouldn't get that chance to race for that kind of money. So uh, at the same time, the, the thoroughbred racing team, uh, you know, they've been, they've been doing their homework and, and they've been preparing. And uh, I think it's kind of been a bit of a internally, a, a little bit of a, kind of a task given to everyone to try and evolve and try new things. And um, obviously, uh, you know, those who are, who are watching the dollars and cents can pro- probably answer that better than I can on how they're able to pull that off. But a 20% purse increase to some of those, uh, what would be, uh, like you said, sweat claiming levels, but typically races that are maybe on the, the lower side of the claiming ranks. So uh, that's going to be a big boost. And I'm certain that's very enticing to some uh, owners out there who are really looking forward to getting the season going and having a chance to, to race for pretty good money. Indeed, Larry. Okay. You mentioned Woodbine Mohawk Park, uh, Mark, I guess for, 
uh, except for the fact that maybe you lost a couple of days so far because of the weather. Uh, business has been pretty good at the track, right? Yeah, it has. You know, we've had some real strong handles uh, this this winter, and uh, you know, we've seen the pick five, which I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always blowing that trumpet, uh, talking about how our pick five to me is probably the most popular wager in harness racing. Uh, we've seen uh, great pools, uh, you know, consistently well over one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a night for that early pick five. Um, but winter can be challenging. Like you mentioned, we lost a couple, you know, we've lost a day because of, uh, the, you know, mother nature, uh, she, she's undefeated usually. Right. So, <laughs> um, when the track sees that thaw and, you know, the frost comes out of it, there's a good chance it, it's just going to be too much for our track crew to turn it around. We have to make sure the track is, uh, you know, properly done and, you know, has to be safe, right. For all of our participants. So, um, luckily, you know, we haven't seen uh, too many days lost this winter and, you know, mother nature's kind of been on our side and, um, with that, uh, I think just being able to race consistently throughout this winter when, you know, we had those, uh, stoppages the last couple of years, uh, it's been good to build that momentum. You know, I, I always look at, uh, you know, you can talk about competition, you know, ourselves in the Meadowlands are right up there as the, the top standard bird tracks in North America when it comes to handle. Um, and now they've seen a little bit of an impact uh, on their handle this winter. And, you know, I can't comment for what some of those reasons are, but I'm sure it has something to do with us racing this time around. Uh, last year for a lot of the winter, we were shut down. So, um, you know, putting ourselves back out there in the spotlight, uh, uh, we've done really well and we've seen uh, good numbers. Speaking with friend of the show, Mark McKelvey, Woodbine Entertainment's communication manager. And this will surprise a lot of people just how many women are top standard bed drivers in the province. But I think this is a fantastic initiative coming up an all women's drivers race in celebration of International Women's Day. Great idea. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it started last summer uh, at the Hanover Raceway and Dresden Raceway. So, you know, we always talk about the, the grassroots kind of uh, can really plant the seeds for uh, great growth within our sport. And that is the case. Uh, this past summer, we got to give them full marks. They created the inaugural Ontario Women's Driving Championship. They were able to get eight drivers together. Uh, they raced uh, 10 races over a weekend in July. I think it was a big success. You know, some people comment, oh, uh, the betters aren't going to bet. You know, uh, they're unfamiliar with these uh, drivers. Well, that wasn't the case. And, and I'm excited that now at Mohawk Park, we're going to get that chance uh, on Monday to offer our uh, first in a very long time. You know, I've been trying to find out the last time we had an all uh, women drivers race at, at Mohawk. I'm sure it was, I, I've heard that it happened back as a promotion back in around the 80s and, and early 90s, but it's been quite some time. And I think as we've seen across the entire sports world, uh, you know, inclusion, diversity, you know, everybody understands now that, you know, we have to be inclusive and we have some great talent out there that just needs that opportunity. And uh, coming up Monday night, we're going to have uh, International Women's Day recognized at Mohawk Park with a, a special race for all female drivers. But not just that, our entire simulcast crew uh, will be women, including our track announcer on that night, uh, Don Lupel who used to be with us at Woodbine Entertainment, she's going to be coming in to call the entire card. So I think it's going to be great to give uh, to give everybody that spotlight, and I'm really excited to see what will happen on Monday night. I think it's something that will be able to grow going forward. And I think that's the uh, perfect segue, Mark, into the next topic is spectators at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, what's the situation now with, co- with uh, COVID protocols and also... You know, how does that affect the uh, the dining and uh, the, the eating establishments at, at Woodby Mohawk Park now? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Larry, because uh, I've gotten that question quite a bit over the last week. And, of course, when we you know flipped over to the month of March, uh, proof of vaccination is no longer required and capacity limits have been lifted. So uh, I don't want to say it's uh, just like it was pre-COVID because, obviously, there's still the mask mandate in effect. But 
uh, right now you can come on out to the track any night for live racing. Uh, you don't need to sign up. You don't need to reserve a spot. You can pop in, watch the races, hopefully stay for the entire card and uh, just enjoy uh, racing like we always knew it. But when it comes to the dining situation, especially at Woodbine Mohawk Park, uh, we're excited that we're going to be reopening our Mohawk Harvest Kitchen, which was uh, has been widely successful uh, since its inception a few years back. Uh, it's uh, you know farm to table, as they call it, uh, all locally sourced uh, uh, ingredients that we use up in the Mohawk Harvest Kitchen. And that's going to be reopening on March 25th, and it'll be open every weekend. Um, Friday and Saturday with uh, the potential for that to increase as we get towards the summer months. Um, we need a little bit of time to get things back in motion, obviously with the um, capacity limits and uh, it's hard to operate a restaurant as any restaurant owner, I'm sure would, would tell anyone right now, especially when you can't have all your tables maxed out. And uh, now that we're able to do that, we're able to kind of juggle things around, bring some staff back. Um, and uh, I know our chef is uh, working away at a brand new menu. So that's exciting because that'll offer a unique experience for those who want to come out and not just enjoy the races, but enjoy some really good food as well. I know Larry and I talk about this all the time, Mark, that after two years, there's so much pent-up demand and so many people looking forward to key days at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park through the spring and summer. There's some key dates on both tracks that you're really looking forward to from your standpoint? I'm really looking forward. Obviously, it's an easy answer to say looking forward to the Queen's Plate, but um, I know it's been well documented that you know now the Queen's Plate is being raced in late August, and that's been the case the last couple of years due to the pandemic. But this time around, we certainly... Uh, the racing team could have put it right back in its usual spot around Canada Day, but they're often going to go in late August. And what excites me about that is just, uh, you know, we're going to have a true path to the plate. You know, we're going to have a trail that we're able to track all season long right from the hop. And uh, you'll have, uh, you know, several months building up to, to the big race near the end of August. So that's really exciting. And, and then on the other side of things uh, over at Mohawk Park, uh, really looking forward to the Mohawk Million this time around. And uh, coming up next week, we're going to reveal the slot owners. Uh, nine different uh, individuals or groups have purchased a slot in that race. Uh, it's a million dollar race for two year old trotters. This will be the third year for it. And, uh, I think, uh, seeing that, uh, support that we got this year of nine different groups stepping up, it was a hundred thousand dollars each to purchase a slot. Uh, that's really exciting to see that there was some demand. And, uh, I know a lot of people were skeptical that we'd even get this race to go a second time. And here we are for year three. And that's coming up in late September as kind of the, one of the final big events for us. Um, but of course we have the Breeders' Crown as well. So, uh, guys, my head is already spinning a lot because uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I'll have all these uh, dates memorized, but it's going to be an action-packed uh, and a fun year. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Mark, is it's March now, and usually, you know, having been in the business for a long time, March is when we start seeing a lot of your younger horses coming out, right? Your your three-year-olds and, and that. Uh, are you noticing that at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park with the qualifiers that there's uh, younger some of the younger horses that, uh, you know, had a few starts last year at two or are, are starting to qualify for the three-year-old season? Yeah, a little bit, slowly. I, I think uh, it's no secret that our, our horse population is certainly down in Ontario, and I, I know that is of great concern. Um, every year, though, like you said, you do get that boost in the spring, so I think over the coming weeks we'll start to see that ramp up. Um, you know, right now I think we had 35 horses qualify at Mohawk Park uh, this week, which um, you would like to see that number a little bit higher. But uh, to your point, I haven't really seen a lot of those horses that were competing in the Sire Stakes as two-year-olds last year come back just yet. So I think over the next coming weeks will kind of show us where we're at, and uh, you know, hopefully we see the horse population uh, grow a little bit. And um, you know, I think we're going to start to see a few horses uh, from south of the border maybe make their way up to Mohawk Park, as uh, I know our racing team, like I mentioned a little bit earlier on the thoroughbred side, just like on the standardbred side, everybody's been tasked with finding new ways to 
to attract horses and, and horse recruitment is uh, something that we're been really after. So but we'll see if the population grows. Um, but like you said, uh, some of the younger horses are going to start to come back. And um, just to touch on what you mentioned a little bit earlier about all the stake races coming up, we've added a, an Ontario sired uh, three-year-old race um, ahead of the North America Cup that'll actually take place in early May. Uh, and I think that's exciting because it's going to give us kind of a, a feature race early on on the calendar. It'll bring back some of those good three-year-olds earlier, and uh, we'll get to see them in action right off the hop. So uh, if they're aiming for that, they'll likely be qualifying in the next few weeks to, to get their campaigns underway. Well, as a fellow Humber College alum, Mark, it's always great to have you on. Go Humber. Thanks for doing this. And, me uh, too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, are you too? Oh, geez. A threesome. That's awesome. Mark, as always, thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. You too. After the break, Larry Simpson will look at some recent action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course, some racing at several of the North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse apps are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at ontarioracing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right. Okay. Stop the presses. Here we go. Okay. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine be? With about a couple of possible betting opportunities, potential betting gems, as Larry gives us his much-anticipated, highly coveted, much-looked-forward-to Ponies Picks the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, the people have needs. Take it away. My head has expanded so much, Jim, that I can't get these uh, headphones on anymore. Hey, so. <laughs> hey, you're the master. I mean, people want to know. It's like serving from the mouth. Talk to us. <laughs> okay, let's start at uh, Oakland Park today. They have a 10-race card. 
Race 10 is a maiden special weight on the dirt because there is no turf. It's only a dirt track there. It's at a mile and one sixteenth for a purse of $84,000 for three-year-old fillies. Uh, I like the number eight horse, Run the Tap. She's a filly I've been watching and following since she debuted at Churchill last November, where she was uh, touted as a filly that looked to have a future when the distances got longer. In fact, people were mentioning that this filly's stride and everything made it look like she could make it to the Kentucky Oaks. Well, really? So far that hasn't happened, but uh, after three lifetime starts, I think it's too early to give up on her, though, as... Uh, you can pretty much find excuses for all of her races uh, up to date. Uh, her first one was too short. It was a seven furlong race, and she was closing a little bit in the stretch. But she looks like, uh, well, she's she's by a gun runner out of a tap at mare. So that's distance and distance. So it's the, you know, seven furlongs, that was just purely an education race for her. Um, her second one was in the mud, so that was a throwout. Last time, the uh, Ken McPeak, her trainer, experimented and put blinkers on her, and the blinkers are taken off today. So obviously that experiment didn't work. So hmm. I'm going to give Run the Tap another chance today. Uh, as I mentioned, she's by Gunrunner, the Tap at Mare, like the, that's blue blood breeding. Uh, the breeding's there for distance. Uh, another interesting thing, Ken McPeak, he's 40% uh, when he removes the blinkers off of a horse. So That's a good tidbit. That's a very good tidbit. Uh, and this horse did have a little bit of a layoff between her second and, and her third race now. And, and uh, there's that's another uh, strong angle for, uh, for McPeak. Uh, she's had a couple of decent works since. So I'm going to give her another chance. So Oakland Park, race 10, number eight, run the tap. Next. Well, Santa Anita has an 11-race card, including race 10, which is the Kilroy Mile. Uh, it's a grade one stakes event for a purse of uh, $500,000, and it's at one mile on the turf. Number eight, Space Traveler, was my selection for the Pegasus Turf at Gulfstream uh, a couple of months back and was only a length and a half away from the win. But in this race, Space Traveler was crying out for room throughout the race. Uh, he was down on the inside. He was checked in the stretch. He got run into. Literally, it was almost running over horses. It was so bad. And uh, like I was, I was crying because I had bet this horse. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And, and he was gonna, he was gonna win. Like uh, no doubt about it, he was gonna win. So, oh, Larry! Uh, when he finally got some room, it was too late. And Space Traveler finished a close third to the good. Uh, uh, Colonel Liam, uh, who's a big, big grade one winner in that. And uh, in that race, I think it's interesting to note, Space Traveler broke from the rail post, and it really didn't help him because he couldn't get off the rail. And uh, he just was never able to find room. So it shouldn't be an issue today, breaking from the eight hole. He's had two nice works since the Pegasus turf. He's third start off the layoff now. And there is no Colonel Liam in today's race. So uh, I also like the fact that uh, jockey Jamie Spencer is back from England to ride this horse again. So that's a good sign. So Santa Anita, race 10, number eight, space traveler, and, and fingers crossed. And for people wondering, this is actually interesting weather note for the race today. It's unseasonably cool, sunny, but only 15 for the high today in Southern California. So that should be good for the horses. They're not going to be overtaxed with the heat. It'll be good for this horse because he's used to running in England and that with that to those type of temperatures. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, okay, let's uh, go to the standard bread side now. The Meadowlands has a 13 race card tonight. 
Race nine is a one-mile pace with a purse of uh, $23,000 for none winners of uh, 20500 their last five starts. So it's a condition race. Number eight, Captain Barbosa. Great name. Yep, drops down from the preferred class for this race tonight and is also making his third start off the layoff. Um, last week from the eight hole, Captain Barbosa was five to two odds and was the victim of a pace. There really was none in front of him and finished seventh, but he still paced his last quarter in 26 and one. He'd also gone into that race with a two week layoff, and I believe part of that was because uh, the Meadowlands had canceled the. Uh, racing the one night that he was supposed to be racing because, because of the of, whole bol- the weather right the weather yeah yeah, yeah. so uh um this is a major drop tonight for this horse uh he's also a little former little brown jug winner he oh. was owned by david anderson oh. and he's not owned by david now that he went through a sale uh, last year but uh, this was has got class he's got the uh, big class drop tonight and I think that uh, he should get the job done. So the medal ends, race nine, number eight, Captain Barbosa. Great name. And finally? Finally, Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight. And I'm going right to the 11th, which is the final of the pop-up, pop-up series. It's a uh, one-mile pace for a purse of uh, $25,000. That's a that's a big purse for these horses, these are traditionally like uh, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar claimers. They don't get get an opportunity, and that was the whole idea of this series was hmm. that they put in was to give these horses from other tracks an opportunity to race for this big money. It's a great a concept, while. Larry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think you'll see them do it again. So, the number three horse uh, this is another good name. Finkel is Einhorn. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn was a winner in this series two starts back, and his first start off the claim by trainer Carmen Asiello. Last week in the series, uh, Finkel as Einhorn had the eight-post race, parked out much of the race, and finished a well-beaten fifth. And he was also a beaten favorite. Uh, Tonight, he moves inside to post three. He should be able to get a similar trip to when he won two starts back. And I also like the fact that driver Doug McNair, again, we're talking about him, had his choice between Finkel as Einhorn and number six, Farmer's Tan, who has won his last two starts. And actually, Farmer's Tan was one of my selections last week. It was. He was, and, and he won. So, you know, Doug McNair is going off a horse here that's won his last start, two starts that he's been, been driving. So I think he must, you know, like this, uh, this horse here tonight. So uh, it's a great purse for this uh, class of uh, horse in that. So I'm going to go with number three, Finkel is Einhorn (laughs) in race 11 tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Beautiful. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of a new issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine that was released recently, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, as even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. Stick around 105.9 The Region all weekend long. The legend and Romer's up next with the Feed York Region's only magazine show. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy your horse racing. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Love you. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.